James, what did you think of our pod with uh, Ryan Stewart, the SEO OG? Yeah, bro. He is a marketing genius. But I was going to say to you, imagine if you ran that, those VSLs on your Twitter or something, like everyone who follows, you like DM them like that page with a VSL or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be an interesting idea. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've been creating more VSLs lately um, because I don't know if you're seeing on the advice community, but I'm doing some cold outreach nowadays. We're going to scale that yep, up, see how that, that does. Um, actually more for the sponsorship for... Uh, marketing letter so i'm going to scale mm. that up but i think a vsl could honestly work for a marketing letter as well dude um, i'm thinking about it now like okay i'm gonna rot- watch his videos uh, after this just to get an idea it's like that could level up my my sales pages level up all my shit just doing something as simple as that but we don't just cover that as well i mean that's near the end and mm-hmm. part way through but we took his very first i guess e-commerce company that kind of got him his his legs mm-hmm. off the ground and go into his web risk agency and his revenue splits over all his companies well yeah super super interesting episode and obviously it doesn't matter if you're not involved in agency like i'm not involved in agency but fuck i learned a ton of this just marketing wise um for anyone who's got their own niche site or, or whatever it is but yeah yeah i think um it's a great way to how do i say craft the perfect offer yeah. for your target <laughs> customer and he mentions a lot of like nuances in regards to like, you know, if you're not first, you're last with law firms that I found was pretty interesting that you wouldn't personally know unless you're like so deep into the industry. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a, a helpful call R and pod. I think everyone yep. should give it a watch. For sure. And also make sure you check the description as well for the advice community. Obviously, there's, there's a lot going in there, going on there now. It's kind of leveled up since uh, Jackie put more, put Sean in there to help run the community. There's lots of engagement every day, questions, all sorts of stuff going on in there to help you with your business building. So everyone in there is a business builder. Some people are, are buying and selling sites. Some people building their own niche sites, e-commerce stores, all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. buying domains. I mean, it's just, it's like a bit of Twitter, basically, <laughs> in terms of the, the niche site community. So check the description. There will be a discount code down there as well um, that when you basically sign up through through that link. Yeah, give the video a watch. Check out the links down below. That's it, guys. Watch it. Watch the video. What's good, everyone? It's Jackie Chow. And this is James DeLacy. And you're listening to This Week in Digital Marketing. Welcome to This Week in Digital Marketing. My name is Jackie Chow. My co-host is James Lacey, and we have an SEO OG here today, uh, Ryan Stewart. How's it going, man? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Wonderful. Why don't you give the audience a bit of an intro? I'm sure many of them already know you, a familiar face. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've been been in the space for about 15 years. I got my start right out of college working for a large consulting firm named Accenture. And uh, it only took me about two days of being there to realize that it was wasn't, wasn't the life that I wanted. So I started doing some research online. This is like back in like the banner ad days about make money from home and eventually stumbled across the beginnings of internet marketing, some Instagram stuff, some SEO stuff. And ever since then, I just became obsessed and learned a ton and um, became a consultant, started my own agency, sold some agencies. And now I'm kind of a perpetual consultant, uh, have an agency, a consultancy, and also a piece of software that that I run as well. So um, anything marketing is, is really what I love to do. And now I've built my career amazing yeah um to tell the audience a bit of background actually you were one of the first people on youtube that i used to watch when i got into seo like several years ago this is like way back i think um yeah something i want to talk about because i remember just following so closely along um the shoelace company you had Uh, yeah yeah, yeah. uh was it the lace it's called laces out right laces out yeah how's that doing now you sold it right i sold it way back when way back when the problem with uh, basically the person unfortunately who i sold it to in this all 
also happened with a WordPress plugin piece of software that I sold. Mm -hmm. I think people don't fully understand the scope of what it takes to run an online business. They think it's kind of like an easy cash grab that's fully automated. Um, so mm -hmm. I sold it and I mean, I don't think it took six months for it to the site to go offline. I don't even think the website's live anymore at this point. So um, yeah. I'm not sure what happened with it, but it is no longer yeah. no longer active or profitable, I'm sure. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, do I remember correctly? You were documenting like your journey with uh, the Laces e-com story, like every step of the way, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a quick story about it because I think it's, yeah. it's interesting, especially for a lot of people who might be in the beginning stages or are really wondering how to get into marketing, consulting and, and being an agency. So I, at the time, I think it was like 2014 about, so maybe like nine, eight or nine years ago, I was just kind of cutting my teeth on the agency side of things. It was like my first year or two of doing it. And I didn't really have, I found a lot of clients were asking for like references and case studies. And I didn't really have the confidence to speak to those at the time. So I decided that I wanted to get into e-commerce as an agency to service e-commerce clients, but I didn't really have a lot of experience. So I decided to start my own website on WordPress, WooCommerce that sold shoelaces. Uh, and it was actually an amazing experience because it forced me to learn the full ins and outs of how an e-commerce business functions, not only on the mm -hmm. marketing and SEO side, but also on the product, the sourcing, inventory, um, shelving, uh, yeah. shipping, warehousing, all that stuff, which was great because again, a lot of people think e-commerce and they think that it's like this magic automated business, but in reality, it comes with its own set of logistical and offline challenges, just like any business does. So it was a great experience. Um, I essentially built it off the back of keyword research because at that time, you know, it was a lot easier to rank and there was a lot more kind of blue ocean space when it came to just search engines in general. So I did a ton of keyword research and found that there were a lot of people searching for shoelaces, millions of people a month search shoelaces, but within those searches, there were pockets of people searching for specific types of shoelaces for sneakers like Jordans and uh, Air Maxes, people that spend 200 plus dollars on a pair of shoes. And when the laces get dirty, they couldn't find the right replacement shoelaces for it. So I kind of built this little sub niche of um, laces out, which was essentially, I'm, I've always been an athlete and enjoyed sneakers. So um, I kind of was familiar with the space, this basically sub site for shoelace replacement specifically for different types of shoes. So I built all these product categories and all these SKUs that were the exact measurements of replacement laces for like Jordan 1, Jordan 2, Jordan 3, and just built all this content around it uh, and ended up ranking really well. Ended up making a good amount of money off it and profit because the laces were costing me like, I don't know, three cents per pack from China. And I was just mm -hmm. repackaging them and selling them at a premium for like 15 to 20 bucks because they were marketed as <laughs> exact replacement laces. It's kind of a, an interesting story about the power of marketing perception, I guess, too. Um, but I ended up selling that business because it got to the point where I was housing all of these shoelaces in my condo and it was just too much. And I didn't, I was looking at like inventory space and it was just cutting too much into the margin. So I was like, let me just offload this business. But it became, it's funny how many people still come to me to this day and they're like, wow, I remember that case study that you did on, on laces out. It was really amazing. So thanks. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember thinking you had like quite a bit of SKUs at the time, right? Yeah. And then after I got started in the e-com world, I realized the more SKUs you have, the more of a nightmare it is to like deal with everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, uh, I noticed, uh, well, unless I'm like incorrect with my research, but like you haven't gone back into the e-com space at, at like an ownership capacity, right? Um, no, I, good. Yeah, no, because uh, I always complain to James that I absolutely hate e-com after doing like niche sites, uh, agency 
agency side, the e-com space yeah. is just such a nightmare. Um, is that something you, you're not you're completely uninterested in now? Uh, you to... <laughs> Even with clients, I mean, I the thing is, is that I saw the writing on the wall a while ago, three, four, five years ago, of the rising costs of marketing, right? Advertising, mm -hmm. CPMs going up, lack of real estate in Google, more competition, more people investing in digital supply and demand marketplace everywhere out here. So it was getting very, very difficult to to do the right type of influencers too. Like influencers, when they first came out, they're a great way for e-com, but now it's through mm -hmm. the roof. It's kind of like old school brand advertising where you have to put a ton of money into channels that you can't really track and hope that at the aggregate macro level, it comes back. But the problem is when you're selling a product that's 10 bucks or 12 bucks or 15 bucks, the amount of volume that you have to do to hit scale is just insane. So you're reliant on the market. You're reliant on being able to come up with some sort of viralness, if you will, in your marketing. Mm -hmm. And it really cuts you off the knees in terms of what you can do from a paid point of view. So that experience taught me <laughs> that I didn't want to sell stuff that was low cost because as a marketer, as a consultant, as an agency that cuts into your margin. So what I focus on now is much more, I don't want to call it high ticket because that comes off as kind of like the coaching and I don't mm -hmm. know, that type of space, but it is high ticket, right? Like the services that we sell at my agency and consulting are expensive, 10, 15, $20,000 a month. So if I'm going to sell something like that to make that much money, I have to be making people a multiple on top of that. And I can only do mm -hmm. that if their acquisition or their client value is worth a lot. That's why at my digital agency, we focus on working with law firms, but specifically personal injury law firms and family law firms divorce, because unfortunately that's one of the more profitable and high ticket spaces within legal. So I can then walk in and comfortably charge mm -hmm. $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 a month for our services because mm -hmm. there's margin in that. But if I'm going to go to an e-commerce store and charge the same amount, you, know, you got to sell a shitload of shoelaces to make that back. And that the numbers of that, the economics, logistics of that become very difficult. So I've always skewed more towards higher ticket clients who can make a lot off our services off of one deal. Like another great one that we work with at the agency is also like roofing companies um, because a roof, I'm in Miami, a roof here in Miami is twenty to $50,000. So that gives us a lot of wiggle room. You know, we might only have to generate 10 leads a month to make 5X on our services, right? So e-commerce is a great business. It's funny because my wife, two years ago, she quit her job in sales and she was getting hooked into all these like e-commerce bros on on Instagram and TikTok. Selling no all these e them, courses. Yeah. yeah, of course. And understand why it's a very attractive business model because you're like, oh, what? It's like, I just sit back and people buy my stuff. It's like, yeah, but there's a whole business behind it. The, the, like, the logistics of it are still there. They're just, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. they're not, it, it's, it presents a lot of the same challenges that other business models do. So people want to get into e-commerce because I think it sounds sexy. I think it mm -hmm. sounds cool almost in a way if you're like, I own an e-commerce store, but it's, it's not for me. There's a lot of people that do it very well, but um, you know, it's not the type of marketing that I do. The type of marketing that I do is much more B2B, um, content focused, mm -hmm. education focused a lot. And when it comes to e-commerce, it's got to have much more viral in nature, which means a lot more entertainment based type marketing, which yeah. not really a route that I, that I um, am comfortable going down per se. Sure. Sure. Let's talk about your agency for a bit. Um, sure. It's webris.org. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right. Um, and you guys, I think re I remember going back on the site way back when um, you had some, I think, training programs on the mm -hmm. site before. Uh, and now recently when I like, well, doing research for the pod, you've like skewed more towards like niching down to the law firm mark that mm -hmm. you mentioned. Um, have you seen like a benefit from niching down? Yeah. Huge. And yeah, there, there, there was like another uh, huge agency in the US doing something similar, right? I they have like a 
one word uh, rankings. One word there's, yeah. there's, there, there's, a, there's a handful of agencies that make a lot more than we do in the legal space. But let me kind of break down my portfolio, which will help sure. to explain the training and where that I went. So there's three companies that I own and operate, um, but they're somewhat vertically integrated, mm -hmm. meaning they use a lot of the same delivery mechanisms, but I'm able to push them out with a different marketing face. So the first one is Weber's. Um, that about 50% of our portfolio is kind of traditional B2B companies that rely on leads. We have home services companies. We have uh, like lighting suppliers and contractors that sell large quantities via sales process, not e-commerce. And the other 50% is law firms. So we, about a year and a half ago, we decided to just go all in on law firms because we partner really well with them. There's a massive underserved need for law mm -hmm. firms actually when it comes to search marketing. Search marketing is also still the best way for law firms to get clients, right? People go to Google and they type in, I, I need a lawyer. Mm -hmm. It's more of a private process. They're not really using social media for it. So search marketing is still a really good offer for law firms. So we decided to go all in on that. So if you go to Weber's.org, you'll just kind of see a generic SEO website, which I'll talk about the offer that we have there, which is SEO Sprints, which is a productized service. And I'll talk about that in a second. But if you go to law.weber's.org, that's really where we push most of our traffic. Probably in the next six to 12 months, we'll just take over the entire Weber's.org domain and just make it the legal one um, because our portfolio mm -hmm. there is growing much faster. And it's really the, the space that we want to be in. So company number two is called the Blueprint Training. So eight years ago, when I started creating content for YouTube, I realized that there was a really big demand for marketers looking to learn marketing, especially from other agencies, because people get into the agency or consulting space, they know the service, but they don't know the business, right? You learn SEO, you learn how to rank a website that doesn't necessarily qualify you to run an agency because there's so many things that go into an agency. That's not just the service. There's client management, there's sales, there's finances, there's HR, there's staff, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So there's a big demand for marketers who are looking to build a business around their skill set that needed more business type content on the agency space. So I used to sell trainings. I would literally, I'm a very type A process focused person. So the processes that we used on Laces Out, I would document them and I would give them away for free. And then I turned it into a video course. And then over time, that video course got so big, we hit a million dollars in revenue in the first year, just selling videos on our marketers that we basically broke it off into a separate company that's called the Blueprint Training. So the Blueprint right. Training is company number two. And what we do there is we focus just on working with agencies. What we do is we take the exact processes, templates, deliverables, everything, we package it up and then we basically resell it to agencies, kind of like a done with you package. So there's video training, again, there's templates, there's also consulting that's included in that private community. Um, so that's company number two. And what we really focused on doing there is helping agencies productize our service. So what that means is if you try and do SEO or Facebook ads or any service, then it's going to be a bit like drinking from a fire hose or like herding cats, mm -hmm. million things going on. And the problem is, is that when you work with all types of businesses, if you work with law firms and contractors and e-commerce stores and local coffee shops, you're essentially having to create a different process or custom process for every client that you take on, which means you're not going to get the same results. You're going to churn clients out. Um, you're going to be doing a lot more work. You're going to be working mm -hmm. 80 hours a week, nonstop, and you're not going to be making that much money because every time you do custom work, you're adding more time, which means you're taking, mm -hmm. literally taking your product and giving it away for it. So this concept of productization is essentially just systematizing, doing the same thing over and over again for the same type of client. And that's really the core of what we teach there. So what you asked about Weber's with our law firm, yeah, we've seen a tremendous result. And I've been doing this for a while, but the past year and a half, when we really went all in with law firms, it was a slow six month start. But for the last year, we've thrown in a clip that's faster than any business I've grown in the last 15 years. Like that's how effective it is when you've really mm -hmm. got your target avatar dialed in with an offer that makes sense for that client avatar. So that's- Does that mean, oh, sorry, Rod, please, please so jump in. And does that mean, for example, if someone's listening to this, maybe they're looking to start their own agency. You obviously sounded like you cast your net pretty wide initially and kind of found your way 
as the law firms as that kind of niche you're in. Would you recommend someone start and fully niche down and go yes. after that space or cast wide and then kind of find your way? That's a great, it's a great question. Uh, and so actually, yeah, I, I would recommend that. And that's kind of like a core part of what we teach in the blueprints. So let me break down that process for you for how people can apply this to their own business. So the challenge that agencies face, consultants, freelancers, is that they sell a service instead of selling a result or an outright. That means you learn how to do SEO. You learned it in a Facebook group you've been doing for 10 years. SEO, I love picking on SEOs because it's such a it's such an industry that's resistant to change <laughs> in a space that's changing nonstop, right? Algorithm shifts, AI, there's so much stuff that changes in SEO, but like SEOs are still like, they, they hold it close themselves. So the problem is, is that when you sell a service, you go down with a dying shit. Like I'm not gonna sit up here, even though I sell SEO to law firms, the end result of SEO for law firms still results in them making more money. So I don't actually sell SEO to law firms. I sell them leads. I sell them new cases mm -hmm. delivered via SEO and paid search and paid ads. If Google blows up tomorrow, I'm not going to keep doing SEO. In fact, we're already like looking at what the next offer is. I look at it this way. What you need to do as an agency or consultant is your job is not to do a service. You're not a you're not allegiant to a service. You're allegiant to a type of client. We exist to solve problems for law firms, customer acquisition problems for law firms. And as long as we have that mindset, we're always going to be doing the most effective way to do that. The most cost effective way, the fastest way, um, mm -hmm. and really just the best overall system for them to generate leads. That's what's going to keep us in business for the long term, not going down with a dying ship with SEO. So what a lot of people do is they learn a service, they become a legion to it, and then they try and do it for everyone. And what happens is like, if you try, if you go to a coffee shop or a gym and you try and do SEO for them, you could sell it to them, but what's going to happen? They're not going to get results because people don't use Google to find gyms or coffee shops. Mm -hmm. They use social media. They ask people around. So like you have to figure out, we've got a whole process for how to identify this. Some people call it a niche. We call it a market position. So to, to, to find your market position, there's a series of questions and exercises that we put our clients through with the blueprint to help them understand and narrow it down. And that's part one. And then part two is what's the most effective way to get them more customers. That's your service. So you want to try and marry those two together. And when you do, mm -hmm. that's when you have explosive results. And that's why so many agencies struggle because they're selling something that people don't need and that they don't want. And they're selling a service. So the like the whole point of marketing and SEO, and people get mad at me when I say this, but it's to make other people money. Like that's why marketing exists. Marketing exists to make businesses money. Period. It's to generate interest, engagement, and demand for a business, mm -hmm. for a service, for a product. And a lot of us lie to ourselves because we're so emotional about the service that we provide and understand so because we've invested so much time and energy and resource into learning it that people are willing to go down with a dying ship <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, rather than servicing their clients which again is why you exist we exist to service clients we exist to make them more money so that's really the guiding light that we push the north star metric that we push on our agencies in the blueprint and that's why so many agencies struggle is because they try and do everything for everyone and when you do that mm -hmm. you become a jack of all trades and a master of none um, but when you specialize when you are known for being that person that agency that guy or gal who gets results for that type of client Mm -hmm. that's where you grow and that's where you have staying power too. Um, and it actually makes it much easier to attract clients in the long run. Um, it makes it much easier to deliver the services because you're doing the same thing over and over again, as opposed to every day waking up and being like, what do I do for this client? And you're following a checklist. It's much easier. So it's easier to staff. It's, it's, it's easier to do everything behind that. So part of what we have to work on is kind of ripping down the foundational elements of, of this allegiance that people have mm -hmm. to a service and focus more on solving problems for a specific type of client. Yeah, but I, I definitely think it's uh, easier said than done, especially for our audience, um, because agencies, it's easier to say that. But some of, some of our audiences, have they, they spend years growing their content sites to a certain point. And if you tell them that Google's like changing, um, they're all clap. Uh, it's going to be tough for them. But I think business yeah, is hard. Maybe, it's yeah, it's it not is. easy. It's I mean, not supposed to be easy. And you know what I mean? Like, sorry to cut you off, but like, I think that's yeah, an important sure. talk point is that like, if it was easy, everyone would do it. <laughs> it's not supposed to be easy. You know, this, this stuff is really, really hard. It's challenging. And if you're not, if you, if you're focused 
focused on the, and this is not, I'm not picking on the people who are going through that. Cause I get it too. I like, I, mm -hmm. I only arrived at this state because I went through that process of being so married to SEO as a service that I was blinded by the fact that I was literally sticking my flag in a ship that is sinking. And I was like, no, mm -hmm. SEO is not like, you see people battling about it on Twitter all the time. And I'm picking on SEOs, but this happens in every industry, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, influencer marketing, I'm sure it's another one. Like influencer marketing is not what it was. <laughs> it's just not. And like, you can mm -hmm. argue until you're blue in the face and all these different things are, are content marketing or blogging or whatever it is. But like, if you are not comfortable with the sands shifting underneath you and continuously adjusting what you're doing, you're not going to make it. And, and I'm not picking on you. I'm just being honest with you, you know, and like, this is supposed to be hard. Like you want a seat at the table, the table that allows you to generate income that allows you to not be attached to a business that allows you to have time freedom. I was just in Europe for a month, a whole month. Yeah. The only reason I'm able to do that is because I put in the time and the energy to build businesses and systems and processes and people in a culture that's allowed me to have this amazing blessing of having a business that produces income. And like, you have to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. If not, you're only going to get to a certain point. You can have that site that makes you some income for a while. That's great. But you know, do you want to do this for a year, two years or 20 years? Right. That's yeah. And it's supposed to be hard. It's really, really, really hard. And that's why there's only so many, the air is really thin at the top of the mountain, you know? Um, so sorry, there's a little soapbox for you, but I didn't mean to cut you off. No, sure, sure, sure. So you, you were saying how you have Webris, uh, the blueprint, and I believe it's the, you also have like a consulting arm, right? Yeah. Like it's called Ryan Stewart consulting that I do like a fractional mm -hmm. CMO service. Um, and that's like a very intensive 90 day sprint where for companies, it's, it's much larger companies that essentially are kind of like done or, or burned out with agencies or are struggling to find out like what's the proper mix between mm -hmm. internal staff and what channels should we be using and should we hire agencies, contractors, freelancers? That's really where I come in and I help them to build systems internally, help them identify what the most impactful channels are and then put processes around those channels and help them identify, okay, you should have a full-time employee here. You should have an agency over here doing design. Mm -hmm. I basically help them map out, map out kind of what their, their marketing ecosystem should look like. Um, so that's, that's company number three. And then within those three companies, there's also sub companies. So within the blueprint, we have three pieces of micro software that we built and then we sell, um, mm -hmm. got like a paid community that we have uh, a whole bunch of stuff that, um, has grown out of this kind of little mini obsession that we have with servicing our customers and building an active base of people who trust us. And then just basically ask them what they need. And we just keep, you know, fulfilling that with more products, more offers, more services for them. Yeah. Nice. And what would you say your split is in terms of percentages, like of top line revenue? Cause I understand like, sure. obviously the blueprint, the margins will be higher. So the numbers will probably be lower than your like web risk. Cause I'm sure, sure. that top line is insane. Um, what, what, what would you say the split is in terms of percentage? Yeah. So let's do like top line then bottom line. Cause I think it's an important mm -hmm. conversation too. So yeah, top line, sure. top line, it's, uh, web risk is going to do better than blueprint this year. So web risk will call it of, of, if you look at, we'll call it like a hundred percent high chart, if you will, Weber's call it 50 blueprint 40, and then Ryan Stewart consulting 10, but that now be top line revenue. But then if it was profit in terms of, especially what I take home, mm -hmm. which I think is another thing that, you know, I, I, I've used to work with a lot of software companies and it, it, it's always, it always kind of bothered me that they claim these big numbers, but like nobody's making any money. And again, like people sometimes, I don't know, they get, get upset when people talk about money, but like I'm in business to make money. I'm not here to do anything else. I'm here to make money and, and, and live a life that I can buy for my family and have freedom to enjoy myself. And money's a big component of that. And people run businesses that cost a ton of money. They might make a ton of money, but they don't make any money off of it. So the businesses that I operate, that I build that are, are high profit, high, high profit businesses. Like if my, if my businesses don't do more than 40% net at the end of the year, I don't see the point in running it. It's just not the type of business that I want to run because I don't want to, I also don't want to have like a thousand employees. I don't want to have like investors and in mm -hmm. debt and all that. Like, no, I just want to make money, live my life. So in terms of profit though, Ryan Stewart Consulting is like 95% profit because it's just me everything else is subcontracted mm -hmm. and the, the client pays for all that. So I'm making a set 
20,000 a month off of those, no questions mm -hmm. asked, we're straight into my bank account. So that business does about 20% of my profit. And then Weber's mm -hmm. actually does more profit than Blueprint, believe it or not, because of the system mm -hmm. that we have here. And Blueprint has gotten heavily reliant on paid advertising. We actually stopped doing paid ads. We spent anywhere from 500 to 750,000 a year on paid ads for fake meta ads. We actually cut that off because it was getting to the point where it was cutting into our margins so much. The, one of the mm -hmm. KPIs that I've always looked at that business is, is ad spend to top line revenue. And I always try to keep it under 12%, but it was getting up to 25, 30%, just diminishing returns. So I cut that off. Um, margins have gotten much better. And believe it or not, acquisition hasn't really fallen off that much, uh, which says a lot about the ads. But Webris is actually, we're, we've only got like five people there. Um, and we're going to do like- Wait, what? That's yeah, crazy. It's nuts. It's, nice. nuts. it's nuts. So in that, but that like goes to show when you're aligned with- your market position, law firms, and specifically the types of law firms that we look for and we want to work with to the service and offer that we provide, which is literally, I don't want to oversimplify, but it's basically a checklist, right? Like the people who run mm -hmm. that checklist are highly knowledgeable. I'm taking away a lot of the time wasting things. Like when it comes to SEO, like we don't do audits. Why? Because we're working with like 20 page lawsuit, law firm websites. Yeah. Like what am I going to do a technical audit for? It's a waste of time. So we've reduced the amount of like stupid busy work that SEOs tend to do and have them focused on a checklist process that allows them to go very deep into the things that matter content quality targeting keywords and then link building so we've got it streamlined so much that you know again our clients aren't this is the other thing too is that our clients aren't paying us for our time they're paying us for results mm -hmm. so if we're getting the results they're not expecting a work report they're expecting a rankings and how many leads that i get this month report as long as we can hit those kpis they don't care if we're on vacation they don't care if mm -hmm. we're not there they're they're paying us for results and I, that makes a lot of agencies uncomfortable because a lot of us have imposter syndrome meaning i don't think i can deliver on that you don't think you can deliver on it because you're servicing the wrong client with the wrong offer. If you get those two things aligned, you sure as hell can deliver on it. And it will give you the confidence to work on this type of model where you don't feel the need to constantly have to send them stuff that they don't need that you don't want to do like a competitive analysis. Like for what, why do they, like, why does it matter what somebody else doesn't? It matters what you're mm -hmm. doing. So mm -hmm. we stripped all this stuff down. That doesn't matter to the point where it takes us like 30 days to do a, a contract that might make us like 70,000 for the year. And then we're basically on payment to hit these goals and these KPIs. And as long as we're hitting those KPIs, the profit margin can be a hundred percent some months because we might not have to dedicate any time and resources to it. So that's why that business has done so well is because we've got our positioning offer service delivery in line with really good people, which has also allowed us to continuously, like every six months we're raising up that staff. We're giving them a 15% bump because I'm like, yo, we're making more. Y'all are crushing it. Like, I'm just going to keep paying you more and more and mm -hmm. more until we hit this capacity. So we've got this really good system there. And then off the back end, which is what I do best is marketing. So like once those things are aligned, we're running Facebook ads and we're getting leads in the door for like 150 bucks each off Facebook to cold audiences. So mm -hmm. we've got this really scalable system that's allowed us to grow with not a lot of friction and, and very high profit. So in terms of profit at the end of the year, Weber's makes up 50% of top line revenue, but like maybe 70% of the, the profits that I take home at the end of the year, which is pretty, pretty incredible. And it wasn't always Amazing. that way. So yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. I think you spoke on several things there that maybe I, we can dive a, deep, a bit deeper into. Um, you spoke on sharing leads via Facebook ads. I guess you're getting, you're targeting like law firms. So on and so yeah, right. And once they come in, uh, do you have like someone reaching out to them or is it all systemized? Like, is it automated or who's hopping on these calls? Cause I know law firms, they love hopping on calls. Um, yep. and cause if your team is only five people, yep. how many of them are sales? Is it just yeah. like one person? So, it's a great question. So yeah. I, I just, we had a salesperson in place for the longest time and it wasn't working out. A year and a half, hmm. did everything that I could, it wasn't working out. So what we worked on doing was saying, cause like 
when you're hiring an agency salesperson, it's really hard. There's really two parts of sales when it comes to agency. There's traditional sales skills. So I like to say the most important thing that I look for in a sales rep is being able to, being comfortable making somebody uncomfortable, meaning make, being comfortable going in for the ask, being comfortable making the offer, being comfortable pushing them mm -hmm. to close on an offer. But the thing about agency sales is that there's so much outside of your control. You, it's not like a Wolf of Wall Street approach. Like we're not like selling this pen. Like, no, that's not what we're doing here. It's there's, there's budgets, there's agency cycles, there's um, chain of approval. Like you're not getting a one call close. So what I did is went back to the kind of like the agency sales process and really looked at what is the minimum amount of touch points and calls and documents that we need to have and how can I streamline this? And it got to the point where our marketing is so tight now. So basically you can only book a call with our agency. You can go to the website and, and book a call, but like it's all paid traffic. So we're running mm -hmm. people to what we call a BSL, which is basically a 15 minute video. Right. That 15 minute video is we're bringing people in with ads that are hitting on all the pain points. This is an important part about marketing. Marketing is not about you. It's about them. So the pain, what are the pain points that law firms have? Overpaying and under delivering agencies, agencies that lie, um, the rising cost of marketing, the rising competition around them, uh, the players at the top who are spending so much just to suppress them. So we use all these pain points to bring them in and basically say, we've got a better mousetrap and I can show you in 15 minutes. In that 15 minute video, what I walk them through is essentially why every other marketing channel sucks. So why social media is bad, why billboards are no good. And I basically have it mapped out in a way that shows them and leads them to the fact that search marketing is still the best way for them to generate leads. So the video, the point of the video is to sell them on what our offer ultimately is. And then within that, I go, then take five minutes of just showing them our process. And I show them where other agencies are doing it wrong. So I beat back that objection. And then I also tell them like the average cost of what our client is. So after that, then they get a link to then my directly to my Calendly where they can book a call. So to that point, right? Like what we used to have to do is our sales rep was explaining them why SEO is important and like why this versus that and this. So like now they're coming in fully warmed up and educated and they also know, have seen me before and heard me speak, which is a huge, like, I can't tell you how, how impactful that is. If somebody watches a 15 minute video, then they're going to be very, it's kind of like, I call it like the timeshare model, right? Like you show mm -hmm. up for a timeshare, they're willing to give you a week free in Aspen for a, an hour meeting because they know if they can have your attention for an hour, they're probably going to end up paying for something. So it's yeah. the same type of concept that video dramatically warms them up and qualifies. So now I am comfortable giving my time on the initial discovery call. It's a 30 minute call for the initial discovery call. I ask them questions and I qualify them. Mm -hmm. uh, so what I've hired is I've gotten rid of a sales rep and I have a sales admin. Now that sales admin has the recordings. We use Firefly. It's an AI recorder. Mm -hmm. They get the recordings, they get the notes. Um, if they get past that first discovery call, then we do a marketing analysis. That's a templated analysis that I've taught the salesman admin how to do. They put together that analysis. We have our follow-up call within two two business days, no more. Two business days, I get on the follow-up call, I run them through the analysis, I present them all the roadblocks that they're facing, what our solution is, and what the cost is. Um, from there, if they accept that, then I have the admin put together a formal proposal and statement of work, and then I jump on a follow-up call with them, or have the admin jump on a follow-up call with them to run them through the finer points, and then sign the contract on. So it's a three-part sales process um, that because I have an admin who does the legwork for me, so like I don't mm -hmm. do follow-up emails, I, just, I basically jump on calls because to say this without trying to sound too arrogant, but there's just really nobody that can do it like me. And I've tried, I've tested other people and I find that it's a really good use of leverage of my time to spend an hour on a call with someone because I'm mm -hmm. on calls all day, no matter what, whether that's with clients or with my team or podcasts or whatever mm -hmm. that is, the return on my time is huge for our, our new close rates and the amount of time that I put in. So I don't have an answer for agency sales because um, 
it depends on who you're selling or what you're selling to. It dramatically changes the sales cycle. It dramatically changes the pitch, the pricing, the scope, the amount of work you have to put into the proposal. But that's why this concept of, I call it offer market fit, this concept of like really knowing who you're selling to and how to put together an offer that is impactful to them. And then combined with good marketing, good marketing will bring people to your doorstep, ready to go. They just basically want to check off all the boxes. That's just, am I going to make money off this? And that's really what my role is to show them that there's enough demand in their market, their local market, and that we can bring in enough customers for them to, to pay for our retainer and, and, and then some. Gotcha. And could you speak like briefly about um your sprint versus like retainer model, what the difference sure. is? Because um, I think it's a pretty interesting offering you have. Well, it's definitely different. So sure. I'm sure you intrigued a lot of law firms with that offer. Yeah. So if you go to webers.org, you'll see the sprint model all over it. That's mm -hmm. kind of like our, our root website. So I tell this to people in the blueprint all the time because they see it and they get confused. It's It actually attracts more agency interests than client interest. <laughs> the reason is because it's an operational model. It's not and offer. That was a mistake mm. that I made when I launched it. I rolled that out to the market thinking that people would then be like, oh my God, I don't have to pay a long-term retainer. I'm in. And it definitely did help to close more deals. But what mm -hmm. I, the thing is, is that it only has an impact all the way at the end of the sales cycle. Meaning they don't care about, again, they care. people care about themselves. They don't care about mm -hmm. your offer until it's time for them to consider your offer versus somebody else's offer. So when you're running a sprint model, which is essentially fine start and end, no sprint is longer than three weeks. So we look at technical sprint, a content sprint, a link sprint, right? Just to summarize for people who aren't familiar with it. It's a way of productizing SEO in a way that's not like, oh, every month we're going to do X. Every month we're going to do an audit. Every month we're going to find keywords. It's a waste of resource at the agency, kind of like what I was talking about with law firms is that like so many agencies do things because they think that they need to when the client doesn't care and it has no impact on the results. It's you're literally setting your own time and money on fire by doing that. If your action has no impact on the final result, what the client is paying you for, never do it again. It's a complete waste of time. You're literally killing your own margin. So that sprint model was kind of my first step into stripping down SEO into a way that was productized, that was scalable, that was repeatable, right? So when we rolled that out, it helped the business a lot, more so operationally than marketing-wise, which I thought it would be opposite mm -hmm. because now operationally that we had a model that allowed us to reduce our headcount and really simpl simplify how we hired and how we delivered work. So that became like a core part of what we taught in the blueprint. But then when I layered the, the, the law firm stuff on top of that, that's when things really got explosive because now we had an offer that was unique against what these other law firms were getting pitched against. Mm -hmm. Most people are like, you have to sign a 12 month contract. I'm like, no, we'll sing for our separate. If we don't make you money, you don't have to pay us. And like mm -hmm. that line in itself has closed more law firms than ever. Like we are completely fine and happy going month to month because I know I would never pay somebody for 12 months sight unseen. It's it's like mm -hmm. ridiculous if you think about it, especially in today's market, like it doesn't make any sense. So it we still work on a retainer model. So like another thing that people can confuse about a retainer simply means that you are retained as a business. Like you put you like I have a a, a, a law firm on retainer for our business. We pay them a thousand bucks a month, whether we use that or not, right? But we get to build up to that amount every single month. They're just retained for our time and attention as needed. So when somebody puts you on a retainer, it's really just the, the method of payment, right? Mm -hmm. So our law firms technically have us on retainers, just a month to month retainer. They pay us a monthly fee or a set amount of, of work or business results every month. So that <laughs> sprint model has actually brought so many more agencies into the blueprint. 
getting clients into WebRisk because agencies look at that and they're like, this is what I've been missing. This is what's going to help me to work less, to pull myself out of the business, to build something that has systems and processes. Because I think once you get into business for long enough, you've run any type of business, you're like, yeah, we need some sort of process here. Like we, we can't just every day work and just like show up and like go to the drawing board and figure out what's next. Like there has to be operational procedures and systems throughout the business. Otherwise it's going to be a nightmare to run that business. So I think we were the first people that were really able to put that around the SEO space, which again, mm -hmm. more agencies come to that website and send me a screenshot and they're like, how did you do this? And I'm like, just go to the blueprint. I'll teach you. <laughs> then clients that have been like, this is what I want, because in order for somebody to say, this is what I want, they have to be already considering you. They have to be in market. They have to be looking for that service. They have to yeah. reviewed other people. So like that sprint model is only effective all the way at the end of the sales cycle. So it's not a marketing front end offer. It's really a sales and operational offer um, that if you're an agency, I, I mean, whatever you're doing, whether that's SEO or paid search or Facebook or in mm -hmm. influencers, like you should have your own version of sprints for whatever you're doing, which is essentially just a productized service or productized offer. Yeah, gotcha. And wanted to talk about how um, once you get the clients in the door, uh, what mm -hmm. kind of work you actually do? Because um, I mean, if they're law firms, then it's all local SEO, right? Mostly, most of the time. Or are they actually do you focus on more long tails or on their blog side? It's a good question. Or both. So, uh, yeah. so if you go to Google right now and you type in divorce lawyer near me, mm -hmm. what you're going to see is what we call like a, a, like a fractured search result. You're going to see at the very top, you're going to see local service ads. That's going to be the three ad results that have the picture. They have the reviews. That's number one. Number two, you're going to see traditional pay-per-click ads. Number three, you're going to see the Google Maps pack, which would be the local SEO pack. Number four, you're probably going to see people also ask, which is coming from website content. Number five, you're going to see the traditional blue listings, right? And within those blue listings, you're going to see websites. You're going to see Justia, your Avo, Fine Law, Yelp, all sorts of stuff. So we are a search marketing firm, meaning we'll do everything in there for the, for the, for like the largest clients that we have. We're doing everything. Those are very large contracts. Oh, and those okay. are for law firms that are that. So like, especially the way that the, the personal injury space works, one case, just one case could be worth 15 to $30 million if, or $100 million, depending on the case, right? It's nuts. Whoa. But if you are only in a fraction of that, if you're only doing SEO, you're only doing paid search, you're only doing local service ads, the, the chance of you landing that big lead is going to go down, right? So our pitch for bigger law firms is like, you need to be hyper present across search and we can put you. Um, now that's for like our top tier of, of, of law firm. And that's mm -hmm. all encompassing SEO. That's link building. That's content marketing. That's probably like website page design, redesign, landing pages, paid search, local service ads, local SEO. Um, and also like some PR in there as well. Now that is like 5% of the leads that come in is actually qualified for that off. The other 80%, probably more than that, 80% of qualified leads that come in are going to be a law firm with one to three attorneys, probably doing like 500 to 3 million in revenue, has a marketing budget between $3,000, $10,000 per month, but is stuck in this purgatory of agencies either charging way too much, 20,000 and up, or undercharging for 1,500 bucks a month and doing absolutely nothing for them. So the challenge with, with doing everything is that it's expensive, right? Like there's hard costs that go into content marketing. There's hard costs that go into link building. There's hard costs that go into all those services. So for us to take on a client that's only going to pay $5,000 a month, and I know that might sound like a lot to some industries, but it's really not in the legal space because it's so competitive. And like the amount of links that you have to build costs money out of pocket. We include that into our retainer. So like for, I don't know, a, a, a like a Miami personal injury attorney, like we're probably gonna have to spend a minimum of like six to $8,000 a month on links to really get them to where they want to get to.
So going back to, again, this concept of market offer fit. So if the market, if 80% of the market is these law firms that have a budget, but they're not top, they're not bottom, like our offer is not aligned to those people. It's either it's too expensive or it's too little. We can't service them. So we really went mm -hmm. back to the drawing board and said, what is the fastest way, the fastest and most effective way that we can get these law firms leads and help them get to their goals? Because they also don't want like a thousand leads. They basically just want like five cases a month, which mm -hmm. is probably going to require like 25 to 30 leads. So to your point, it's going to be some sort of local SEO, right? Because getting ranked in that mass pack, all of our data shows that that's the highest quality placement in search engines. It's better than mm -hmm. ads. It's better than anything. It just has reviews. It's organic. People know that. It has a map so they can see proximity, pictures. It's a really, really good placement by Google. So the good thing about local SEO too is that it's not necessarily as labor intensive as a full-on SEO campaign, mm -hmm. right? Like you don't need to do content marketing, which is a huge part of it. You need to improve the pages. You need to make sure they have the right pages, but you don't have to build like five blog posts a month. And anyways, too, this is like a big part of our pitch. That type of content doesn't really drive leads. It drives traffic. It drives mm -hmm. attention. It builds authority on the website, but like it's not making the phone ring. So again, going back to what lawyers want and going back to aligning with your market, a lot of agencies get stuck because they're like, I have to do this as part of the service, but that's not what they want. They don't want content. <laughs> they don't mm -hmm. want rankings. They don't want traffic. They want phone calls. So if what you're doing is not driving phone calls, why are you doing it? It's a waste of time. You're taking money out of your pocket or you're overcharging your client for it and you're pricing yourself out of the market. So we looked at it and we said, we can put together a local SEO offer that's, you know, like a highly focused optimization of their Google business profile, review optimization, content optimizations on the website, and then like localized link building. We can do that for 5,000 bucks a month. And then on top of that to say, well, how, what's the fast way that we can get them leads? It's going to be some sort of paid ads. So the local mm -hmm. version of pay-per-click ads are local service ads, which are the top three things that you see at the top. The good thing about local service ads is it doesn't require much effort to set them up. Google basically built that as a product for businesses to self-service without the need of an agency, but knowing law firms are still not going to do it because that's not what they do. So they still need help. Yeah. So we throw local service ads in for free as a kick. So we do a, like a full takeover, if you will, for like 4,000 bucks a month where we do your local SEO and we do your local service ads. And that allows us to keep that 50% net profit margin at the end. And our gross margin is really good on that. Get some results fast in a price point that makes sense for less than $10,000 a month and is really, really impactful. It also kind of brings up the question of like, I used to be really down on local SEO because I was working with the wrong clients. I would do it for like, I had a coffee shop chain in Miami here then. I was like, dude, this mm -hmm. is so stupid. We can't charge more than 200 bucks a month for local SEO because they're not making any money off. But then law firms, yeah. these guys are making like a million bucks for some of these phone mm -hmm. calls from, from like Miami, Miami attorney near me, right? Yeah. So it's really, this is a great example of like how going through this process of like market identification and offer design and like really understanding the intimate needs of the market. It's a continuous, like there's this concept of product market in like the software and product world, but like mm -hmm. agencies and service providers don't go through that. And like they pick a service, they stick with it and they'll ride it all the way into the ground as opposed to having this symbiotic relationship that's constantly looking at the needs of the market. It's constantly getting feedback from the prospects and from the clients about what they want, what they can pay and understanding what's happening around us. And then continuously refining our offers to do that. And because of that, to your point, like that is probably 70% of what we sell now and it crushes it. You know, like it's a, it's a four to $6,000 a month offer. The margins are great and it's a no brainer for them because nobody's mm -hmm. breaking it down in this way. They're coming in educated. They're watching a VSL basically on what I just said about how local SEO is the best place for them in Google and about how we can do it for them on a month to month basis. And like, they're going to spend 10 grand over two months 
talents. And if they have nothing to show for it, it's less than that they would have spent for, you know? Um, yeah. So I, th I think it's pretty smart that you included the local ads as yeah, a great kicker. part great of your, kicker. yeah, because they get immediate results pretty much. Um, they do. But one thing I did notice with uh, like personal injury lawyers is the keywords, the, they're pretty freaking expensive, dude. Like oh, pay per click is crazy out <laughs> here. Um, it's brutal. So it's, it's obviously not included in your fee. It's just like you hook it up to their credit card. You're running it on behalf exactly. of them. They can see everything. Exactly. Um, also too, yeah, those, solid offer. Yeah. those keywords are, so the keywords that you're looking at, those are for AdWords, pay-per-click ads. Mm -hmm. Local service ads are not pay-per-click. They're pay-per-result. So you're paying per phone call and it's because it's a different model. Yeah. So it's a little bit confusing. So local service ads run through the local service ads platform. Traditional pay-per-click ads, which are the blue links, the maps, there's a bunch of different placements now within AdWords, but it's not local service ads. So local service ads is essentially like you say, okay, I got $5,000 a month to spend and I want to do it for these categories of keywords, right? Like injury law, divorce law, whatever. You don't know what you're going to pay until you go through it for a couple of weeks because it's basically a supply and demand market. So depending on your market, depending on the categories, depending on who else is bidding for them, it's going to depend how much you pay. So it's pay per lead, it's pay per phone call, not pay per click. So mm -hmm. we usually see an average of like $200 per lead from there, which is pretty good. It's a lot cheaper than pay per click, but you have mm -hmm. a lot less. There's there's positive and negatives. Like we have a lot of clients that we actually flip to pay per click ads because um, pay per click is a lot more expensive um, because the cost per click. <laughs> is basically what you're paying per yeah. lead on local service ads, but you have more control. You have the ability to test. You have the ability to make offers. Like local service ads, it's mm -hmm. basically your Google business profile straight to call. Like there's no copy. There's they're basically looking at your picture and reviews, and they're calling based on that. And they're basically just calling who, who's ever in the first place. And the thing about law firms too, which makes it even more challenging, is that if you're not first, you're last. Because think about it this way: you get in a car accident, right? You go to Google, you type in car accident lawyer, you call the first one, you tell them your case. They're like, no, we're not going to take you. What do you do? You go to the next result. So. <laughs> If mm -hmm. you were in position two in Google as a law firm, especially in the personal injury space, because these cases are so selective because they, they charge based on if you win, not based on time. So they're only going to take on cases that are going to make the money. So a lot of what times what happens and why law firms get burnt out on paid, on paid and SEO in general is because they're just, they're in second place. They're getting cascaded nonstop leads that are shit because if it, <laughs> the, the first result, if it was a good lead, they would have taken it. It's very rare Got that it. they won't take yeah. it and it gets kicked down. So it's another nuance that again, I only know this because of having gone through this so much and listening and having conversations and doing it ourselves. And these are like the type of insights that set you apart while other agencies are like fighting with other SEO SEOs about like link building and like Google updates. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm learning the nuances of my customer's business. I'm learning the nuances of what's going on in their market because that's what they care about. Like you're not yeah. going to get on a sales call or a marketing call and be like, Google has a new update. They're like, I don't give a shit. Is my phone ringing? It's not, I don't give a fuck what you're doing then. Like make my phone ring or get out, you know? So like these are the things that are going to help them make more money, which is going to make us more money. And that's, again, it's like the crux of why so many agencies struggle is because they're focused on themselves and not focused on their clients. Yeah. yeah. And uh, quickly, Jackie, yeah. I just want to jump in sure. on the on the VSL, Ryan, because I'm just thinking now how like it can be applied across, obviously, the way you're doing it, right. of a bunch of different high, well, we use your favorite term, high ticket yep. uh, services as well. I mean, we've talked about it, Jackie, as well. But with your VSL, are you doing like the typical white screen, black text, ClickBank style video? Or are you just doing like a loom video of kind of like running through everything? No, if you go to my YouTube channel, um, it's just 
Brian Stewart. Uh, the latest one, the last video that I posted was three weeks ago before I left. It's called Agency Owners Not Making More Money. Here's why. That's a VSL that I run for Blue. <laughs> um, and then if you Perfect. go to the video that says the faucet funnel, how we generate leads on demand, yep. that's actually a VSL for a VSL service. So under my consulting company, what I do is I run a VSL as a service for other agencies, actually. $5,000 um, a flat fee. We help you build a VSL and then we run it on Facebook ads for you. Um, and then if you want to watch see, yeah, and then if you go to my Webris Legal Marketing Experts uh, channel, you'll see the the first video there, your your law firm marketing agency is lying. That's the, the newest VSL that we're running. So I post these things pub too, because it's a good piece of content that you can run organically. But then what we do is we just throw a, um, just a click funnel squeeze page on top of it. That's has like a big catchy headline with an email opt-in. And then they opt in, they go to the watch page. And then on that watch page, there's also a call booking Calendly form. So it's literally just add squeeze page, get their email. And you don't even need an email. Sometimes you can just run it. If the, if the video is good enough, you don't need it. And like, that's the thing too, where, why people struggle is that they try and make a clickbank video that looks like shit. No offense. <laughs> it looks, it just looks like, and I'm not picking on Frank. It looks like spam. It just looks like it's from like 2004, <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't look good. So like, I mean, I, I make a lot of videos, so I, I'm, I'm pretty good on video, but like, I wasn't always good on video. Like I've been doing this for mm. a long time and I've practiced mm -hmm. my ass off and I've gotten better at it. And like, if you can learn how to make medium form video the right way, you are going to be fine for the next five to 10 years. Because as AI comes in and it wipes out all this other stuff and like blogs and all this other stuff, like being a human who knows how to solve, again, like the whole point of that video is just to demonstrate that I, I know what their problem is and I have a solution for it. And I have proof mm -hmm. of that. That's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's a whole thing. So like, it just needs to be an eight to 15 minute video that goes very deep on their problem, drill into their problem. Like you have to intimately understand what their problem is, not just at like a business level, but at like an emotional level too. <laughs> like what yeah. is keeping them up at night? What is kicking them in the stomach right now? Like, because again, the role of marketing is not to sell, it's to get people excited. And like the only way you get people excited is if you understand them and the problems that they have. So you put together that video, it should be eight to 15 minutes, drill into their problem, show the solution, make them an offer. That's all it really is. And like, the mm -hmm. more you do it, the, more, the better that you get with it. But it's by far the best way to sell mm -hmm. any high ticket service. It's, I mean, it's a great way to sell software too. We run a funnel, we run a VSL funnel to sell our, our um, we have a piece of software, it's a, we call it the traffic projection tool. It literally just forecasts SEO campaigns. Super simple tool. We literally built it off this pain point that the market has, and we just run a three minute VSL. It's basically a product demo, but like, because mm -hmm. it's such that that pain point is so entrenched in the psyche of SEO agencies and the way that we position it is as a sales tool, not a client delivery tool to be like, Hey, you're not closing more deals because clients don't know what they're getting. <laughs> if you run this tool, they're going to know exactly how much money that they make. And now you can make your pricing against that. That's like the whole concept of the video. And it, it like mm -hmm. for every four people that for every 10 people that watch, we get four clients, you know, like, um, and then from there, it's just a matter of keeping the ad costs down and staying profitable on it. It's just like, you can use it to sell any, uh, but the key is that people make it about themselves instead of about yeah. the, the prospect. Like you can't, mm -hmm. they just run commercials. Basically. They're like, Hey, look at what our software does. Like nobody gives a shit about your software. Like nobody cares about your service. Nobody cares about your business. Nobody cares about you. I know it's a tough pill to swallow. You weren't told that in the world growing up, but like nobody cares about you. They just don't, they care about themselves. And like, you have to understand that. And you have to make your entire business about servicing other people, whether you're in the client service business or in the software business, the product business, like the companies that I work with that make the most money are the ones who are obsessed with their customers. And that sounds cliche, but like I work with a cannabis company. It's the biggest company that I work with. They're going to do $500 million in revenue this year. They are so obsessed with spending money to engage and enlighten their customers. They do no marketing. They didn't have a website until this past year. And they, they did over $400 million mm -hmm. in revenue because they spend so much money on activations, on going into dispensaries and investing in design and pop-ups and creative and putting people there and talking to their customers. Like it sounds so basic, but like nobody does it. <laughs> and the mm -hmm. companies that I, that, that I work with that are the 
most successful, what I've learned is that they do that, is that like they care about the customers. They care about what they think. They care about their opinions uh, and they cater to, and it's not about them as a product company and a cannabis company. It's about the customer. That's all that matters. Amazing. I think as a main takeaway, just could be uh, customer obsessed like Bezos and uh, et cetera. And uh, that would be a good way to start. Um, Ryan, being mindful of time, thank you so much for today for coming onto the pod. Uh, where can people find you? Where do you want to push people? I know you're at not Ryan Stewart on YouTube. Yep, uh, where are you at part. on Twitter? <laughs> Twitter uh, Twitter's the same thing. I think it's not Ryan. Uh, Ryan was here, not Ryan Stewart. I'm on LinkedIn. If you just search Ryan Stewart, um, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Twitter, YouTube is probably the best place where I create the most content and uh, spend most of my time putting stuff together. So any of those, happy to have a conversation. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on today, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, Ryan. Bye.